0: Vel come to Italy Neurosis.
1: says I'm Ethan yeah, I'm this is the first episode yep. I don't even want to listen to the first couple we did because I feel like I was like hey, hey, hey guys
0: when we had yeah we had like the center room mic too oh, it didn't, that's right. it didn't sound too good but Stone age welcome in we took a week off sorry everybody yeah, my I don't think we posted it on Facebook so I think we're good unless you yeah. Really paying attention to the release He's like schedule. one guy who's like, he's assholes. These assholes are skipping on me. No, this is the Phantom episode, so...
1: The Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. We're going to watch
0: Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and provide a commentary. Or we could watch The Phantom of the Opera. I'm leaving. Keep it classy. Uh, but anyways, uh, this is the Phantom episode. Um, kind of went along the ghost theme, so mm-hmm. our movie of the, of the week from actually the last week was Ghostbusters. Um, Then we listened to the album Meliora Mm -hmm. by Ghost, the band. They're from Sweden. They're a metal band. And our Beer of the Week this week is from Stone Brewing Company, the epic Stone Brewing Company, and it's Ruination Double IPA. It's a double IPA. Uh, Ruination IPA was the first full-time brewed and bottled West Coast double IPA on the planet. Hmm. As craft beer has evolved over the years, so too have the techniques for maximizing hot flavors and aromas For the second incarnation of our groundbreaking India Pale Ale, we employ dry hopping and hop bursting to squeeze every last drop of piney, citrusy, tropical essence from the hops that give the spirits incredible character. We also updated the name Stone Ruination, double IPA 2.0, to reflect the imperial level intensity that's evident in every sip. Join Join us in cheering this, the second stanza, for our liquid poem, To the Glory of the Hop. Well, Some of these descriptions are just, it's just like, yeah. okay. And let's...
1: it's cool because Stone is one of those breweries that I think they're pretty well known and they're kind of one of the more famous microbreweries and their presentation on their bottles is like top notch. Like all that oh, stuff, yeah. it's like printed on the bottle. It's not just a label. It's like straight up printed. Yeah. It's, right? it's pretty prime. But so, okay. So I open the beer and the, literally the first thing I smell is just hops in my face. Like just piney pine needles up my nostril. And, I mean, yeah. we're we're talking a double IPA. These guys, they're a West Coast brewery, am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, so they're all about the hops, son.
0: Beautiful color. Yeah. Nice. It's pretty nice. But, yeah.
1: And you can take a sip. Well, cheers, buddy.
0: Oh, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Good. Ooh, that was, that was weird. a weird. Let's yeah. do it again. One of them just breaks beard.
1: over <laughs> the mixer. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks nice. I mean, it's got to be just hoppy, but it wouldn't. It's
0: actually pretty smooth. Good.
1: I was just going to say.
0: Oh, like that's...
1: a good i like even a double or even a triple ipa like it's got to be happy for sure but that can't all be going on yeah like, there's got to be something else
0: <clears throat> and this i don't think this would be a good beer to get in i mean it, it would in principle be a good beer to get in a keg but that's, that party's getting a little bit out of control
1: yeah i mean this is 8.2 percent alcohol by volume so which isn't i mean that's the double ipas can go yeah. up there well you had the one triple ipa double devil dancer from yeah. founders that was a triple ipa and that was like 12 percent
0: i had one of those
1: and i was yeah i had one of them when we were grilling before that concert a couple weeks ago and definitely uh it's a potent adult
0: beverage <laughs> but yeah usually with the double triple obviously double ipas you're going to be looking in the eight to ten triple it's kind of anyone's guess i don't know what um hop slam is
1: Hop from slam, i, I want to say it's like nine or ten percent was that a, it's a double
0: Right, or is that a triple? Well, or is that an imperial? Ooh,
1: it is a double slash imperial IPA. Interesting, and it's ten yeah. percent alcohol by volume. And actually, that holds a lesser score on beeradvocate.com dot com than this Ruination two point does. Not by much. This, uh, this actually the beer we're drinking now, beeradvocate.com dot com. It's a pretty great site if you want to read a lot of, you know, casual reviews about the beers and there's a couple of you know the the more the bros as they call them on beer advocate who sort of run the site. You can read their reviews as well. They tend to be a little bit more uh you know, a little bit more critical, a little bit more uh a little bit there's a little bit less leeway there I think. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But they're, beer, beer, they're major beer snobs like <laughs> top tier beer snobs okay.
0: as, as high as it gets sure
1: but yeah beeradvocate.com is a good place and that's where i, I look to look at this stuff and this beer is rated as a by the bros a 97 out of 100 wow which is world class and then a, the beer advocate score which is just by us regular non-bro folk has a 95 which is um, still that's really high it's super high it really and you know and this is the kind of th- this website that I mean, they're definitely biased against macro brews just sort of by principle, I think. But even they tend to be pretty good at looking at something like a PBR even and giving it an honest review, because beers like that, you would think that these beer snob people would hate. But they actually are like, OK, for the style, how is this beer?
0: Yeah, because it, it, and again, I, you know, obviously I drink a lot of you know, fancy schmancy beers in a lot of people's eyes, but I fully can appreciate and enjoy. And there's times where perfectly, would, there's nothing that I want more than like a Coors Light. There you go. It sounds, you know, it sounds strange, but that's just how it is.
1: Absolutely. One yeah, this fan. is good. Pretty smooth really from the smell. It's a different taste to smell. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's mainly hoppy. I think it's less of a balanced IPA, but I think clearly they're going for that piney hoppy. I mean, it's like a pine forest yeah, but uh, yeah, the smell I think is more citrusy, and it's a little bit sharper in in, in taste.
0: Yeah, and you can pick this up at um, pretty much any bigger liquor store. I I think would have it. Um, it's not a limited release, from what I understand. I think it's a mm-hmm. long term release, along with their Arrogant Bastard, which is which is really good. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gregory James enjoys Arrogant Bastard. True story. Good man. Good man. It's um, so on to our definition of Diverted Phantom. Um, it's a noun. It's a ghost. That's one. Uh, two is a figment of the imagination. Or three, uh, detonating a financial arrangement or transaction that has been invented for fraudulent purposes, but that does not really exist. That kind of came out of left field.
1: Huh. What does phantom mean to you? Okay, I actually was sort of attracted to this, this word in particular because I'm actually, I don't know even Nate if you know this about me, I'm actually quite fascinated and semi-obsessed with Supernatural, and how can we say like fantastic sciences, right? Oh, yeah. So I uh, knew that about you, I don't yeah. Think okay. So would. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts and spirits and extraterrestrials and stuff like that, but I'm nevertheless, you know, interested in those things. Um, so, but when I think of the word phantom specifically, I think of certainly a ghost or a spirit of some sort. But I, the word phantom to me, it's just like a razor sharp word. So I guess I tend to think of more of a malevolent or violent creature maybe uh something scary something that's but again not quite tangible not necessarily something you can just reach out and grab something that exists on a different plane and uh that kind of stuff fascinates me so i like i like this word phantom. how about you
0: well for me it it speaks of the uh, like unknown and that's why uh, to me like i know that in you know, and it, it, we'll get to it in the movie of the week, but like, you know, the the ghost hunters are getting kind of knocked because people are like, well, it's not real, you know, mm-hmm. they're making stuff up. In reality, you know, they're just that's for entertainment, in my opinion. But I, I think you know, f- whatever it is, phantom, supernatural, whatever it is, they exist. I did, I have had uh, an experience, oh wow, which was it wasn't like I saw anything. I was just in my grandparents' house, which actually had been used periodically as a funeral parlor. True story. Coincidence? No. Coincidence? No. But. It was in the summer, and all I remember is I was a kid, and it got kind of cooler in the house. Like, I just remembered, all of a sudden getting kind of cooler, and all the doors were open to let the wind flow through. And all of a sudden, every door in the house slammed shut, at, like in an instant. Hmm. And it, it it wasn't windy enough for that to happen. There's just a lot. Of, but again, I, I look at that, and I, I'm not saying, like, it was a ghost or it was a demon. I have no idea Something what it was. Something unexplained happened there. Something unexplained. And I think that's the reality of phantom supernatural things is we can't explain them
1: right and i you know that's why i'm I'm interested in this stuff and i listen to some podcasts and i actually i I read quite a bit in my free time i've been making more of a push to do that lately and uh, one of the things i like to read are books on the subject and i tend to try to research the people who wrote the book to make sure they're not just some dude who's like i saw a ghost and this is what i think what i like to actually read something with maybe a little bit more of the scientific method applied and i think if you hear the words ghost or aliens or anything and you just roll your eyes like, you know, just hold on a second because there is, I think, a lot of legitimate mysteries out there. There's a lot of stuff we can't necessarily explain. And uh, that's one of the things I, I will talk more about it later. One of the things I enjoyed about the movie was that, it, yeah, it, it kind of showed that perspective that a lot of these people are just laughed, laughed uh, yeah, off of without room. any yeah. consideration. yeah. And uh, something I sympathize with at least a little bit because there are certainly way more people who are just trying to make a quick buck than there are legitimate people who are trying to solve these these crazy weird things that happen. And I think it's important to say, too, that ghost sightings, UFO sightings, all this stuff, I think it happens too frequently from people who have no real gain by having these experiences to just write off as all fake. Yeah. I just think it's it's something that's been in our our wheelhouse as a species for a long time and I think that means something.
0: Yeah. I agree and I, it's again it's it's just so hard to explain and there's too many instances of it and too many a lot of it's like written folklore. You know there's that component of it back in the day when nobody had any gain to for that stuff. There's a lot of those old writings where there's weird stuff but again it's you can't you know don't try to explain it don't try to understand it just kind of let it come to you and mm-hmm. understand it yeah man yeah bro hope you uh, mind ghosts I hope i you know that was honestly i remember being a kid when that happened to me it was like absolutely terrifying like horribly I horribly, horribly terrifying and it's something that now i'm even a little bit iffy like staying a home like home alone sure. at night like I, i'll wake up and stuff like because that changed me
1: yeah, and you know, as, as, as fascinated I am by this stuff, I've never had anything. I've never seen a ghost or experienced anything that couldn't be explained. I've never seen any weird lights in the sky or anything that would imply something perhaps otherworldly or supernatural was happening. I've never had that happen to me, but mm-hmm. I'm just interested that it's so commonly talked about. Yeah. Whether it's just entertainment or otherwise, it's cool. It's cool. Cool stuff.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, Phantom. It is a it is a sharp like razor sharp word yeah like a phantom. It's not a ghost. It's uh, a
1: again, man. Star Wars Phantom Menace. Phantom
0: Menace. Well, and
1: see the word the way that word is used in that title is kind of interesting, right? Because that isn't necessarily talking about a ghost. That's more if you if you've seen Star Wars Episode One, this isn't a spoiler. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the the whole premise of that title was that the you know the, they are celebrating their victory in the end, but really they put the more evil guy in power he was the he was the he was the phantom menace he was the evil that nobody was really aware of he was the threat to their way of life that they weren't even aware of it was sort of behind the scenes and that's i think another way to understand the word
0: yeah some guy who's been in like a coma for the last
1: 30 some years is gonna tweet at us like
0: fuck you guys you (laughs) ruined
1: I fell asleep. and you spoiled the I fell asleep. I went into a coma in uh, April of two, of 1999, and I just woke up and I couldn't wait to see episode one. And you just ruined it. You just ruined it. I'd have that
0: guy on the show, guy or girl. I would be. Yeah, I would apologize wholeheartedly. Yeah, bring them on. They've got some interesting stories to tell. Um, onto our high priority news items: the uh, Emmy Awards were announced, and. Um, Obviously you gotta you gotta people are kinda like, well, Emmy Awards, but you know, T V has its place. It's kind of it's I don't even think it's the you know it's the Oscars of the TV. Yeah, pretty much. And T V rules a lot of people's lives. Um but um, yeah, it's pretty sad. Well, no, I mean seriously. That's oh, yeah. what you know, a lot of people will watch more T V shows probably than movies. Big time. So I think absolutely. Uh, but the most aw- or nominated, sorry, um networks were HBO with thirty five nominations what surprised me is fx with 28 okay i don't watch a single show on fx so i'm gonna have to check that out netflix with 14 mm-hmm. uh abc with 12 and amazon also picked up um six nominations in the streaming realm
1: yeah dude hbo was just on fire and this is i mean i think they've set the record like every six year. straight years yeah. or something
0: like that it's a like, good god and
1: i know game of thrones alone got like 26 nominations or yeah. something yeah I mean, it's crazy because there were these are again like the ones that we have for the most nominated
0: show. Oh, these are like,
1: ma- but those are like all oh, these. Are, you're right. The big ones. There's like all these minuscule. These are the ones that are nominated, like the the ones you have listed here are the ones that are like broadcast. Because there's stuff like best second unit direction. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's it's like insane yeah. for Game of Thrones, but FX surprised me because they have what Fargo. You're what asking the
1: wrong guy, dude. What else is on is FX? it? Is this People versus O. J. Simpson? Is that on there?
0: Yeah, that was that's their their show. So I guess two of the top mm-hmm. five, but um, the most nominated show. And these are again the main nominations for broadcast. Um, the People versus O. J. Simpson, American Crime Story. I did not see that. Thirteen nominations. Uh, Veep, which I do not watch. Um, Game of Thrones with nine main nominations. Fargo with eight, and The Night Manager and Silicon Valley uh, with six nominations.
1: Sweet. But the Night Manager I recorded. That's got Loki in it. I'm oh, yeah. sure he hates being referred to as that. It's Tom Hiddleston. He's like, God. I know he was in a movie where uh, he played uh, Hank Williams, I think. And I, I saw it really sad. He was on some some morning news show, and he was there talking about this movie, this biopic he's been spending like a year or two making. And they just like want him to do his Loki impression, and he just has this look in his face like, I hate all of you. <laughs> He's a fantastic actor oh yeah
0: yeah very skilled i think he might be the
1: next james bond but i digress
0: that could be that's for another episode Mm. but um anyhow when we come back we're going to do our movie of the week and in the break you're going to hear the trailer it's going to be but we always predict what it's going to sound like it's going to be like a lot of one-liners and like Mm -hmm. dubstep
1: it's going to be a lot of potty humor one-liners and like yeah sound effects yeah and dubstep. And dub, dubstep. There's still a lot of dubstep, but. Is there?
0: Eh, one or two. <laughs> They're where their theme song kind of has like a remix. Yeah, it's like a
1: hip hop version. version. Like they redid it like halfway through. Okay, we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll good. Hashtag Ghostbusters.
0: Hashtag.
1: All right. Weekly and Russell will be right back. It's a class for operation. It's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Aaron Gilbert, Doctor of Particle Physics at. <laughs> <laughs> That stuff went everywhere by the way in every crack very hard to wash off we have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal now there's sightings all over the city there are people out there that need our help
0: Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer <laughs> Aaron, no one's
1: better at quantum physics than you we can provide a real service join the club you guys are really smart about this science stuff but i know new york and i can borrow a car from my uncle
0: uh you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse it's a cadillac let's go let's go welcome back in the weekly neurosis that was really creepy it was. all right
1: time for our movie of the week oh and that Ghost, movie ghostbusters is ghostbusters Okay, so this is the 2016 remake, reboot of the popular and classic film Ghostbusters. So, the plot of this here movie following a ghost invasion of Manhattan, paranormal enthusiasts Aaron Gilbert and Abby Yates, nuclear engineer Hillian Holtzman, and subway worker Patty Tolan battle together to stop the otherworldly threat. This here movie stars Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, and Chris. Hemsworth, It was directed by Paul Feig, produced by Ivan Reitman, who I believe directed the original Mm -hmm. Star Star Wars, Ghostbusters, and Amy Pascal. Music was by Theodore Shapiro. Cinematography by Robert Yeoman, and based on Ghostbusters by Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis. So some background filming locales about this movie. It was shot everywhere. Principal (laughs) photography began on June 17th. 1915 in boston massachusetts some shoots occurred at the old naval air station in weymouth massachusetts as well filming began in tribeca new york on september 12th 2015 then filming went back to massachusetts in waltham massachusetts (laughs) drink whenever i say massachusetts on september 15th (laughs) finally finally filming wrapped at columbia university on september 19th 2015 in new york city and some extra notes here. Director Paul Feig and the set dressers actually consulted with MIT physicists before shooting to give the film a more authentic feel tonight. So we talked about this movie, right? Before what did yeah. you what did you think about? There's lots of buzz and controversy, blah blah blah, about well, this here movie.
0: The MIT physicists didn't help him a whole lot because it wasn't my favorite movie. Um, just I, I said it off air, and I'll say it again. It just didn't connect the dots like it didn't it was a comedy it was funny in spots we kind of had different audience experiences my when i saw it in the theater the audience was fairly like flat people were not really reacting Mm -hmm. positively to it or laughing um but again it's that snl feel Mm -hmm. you know it's got the same kind of actors and components of a typical snl movie again not really my favorite how about you
1: yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean when we t- when we talked about it in the past, we, the, you know, there's a lot of controversy about how people were reacting to the fact that a lot of the cast, I mean, the, all the main characters were not necessarily replaced, but just simply different characters who in this adaptation happened to be female. And uh I personally didn't find the trailer very uh the trailers for this movie particularly exciting, but uh you know, I I'm, I enjoy the original Ghostbusters. I'm prefacing this a lot because I guess I'm trying to skirt into the fact that I really did not like this movie at yeah. all. Um, I think I had a lot of the same issues with it you did, but uh, I just feel at the end of the day that this movie wasn't for me. Like you just mentioned, this movie has that very SNL type of humor where you can tell these actresses, all of whom I think their characters play beautifully off of each other and the talent is there and the writing was the big miss here because uh, I just feel like you could you could tell that these actors uh and the actresses all spent a lot of time improvising line after line after line and just it didn't come through to me at all i really didn't find this funny at all and i thought because of that uh the story which was pretty similar to the original but different enough that that's really what carried me through to the end of this because man i i I i think just for me i didn't think it was very good at all but yeah my audience was dying laughing this whole movie so I I do think that there is an audience for this movie and I do think it does some kind of important things with the casting and how it per- portrays its chari- uh, characters but just for me it, it was kind of painful to sit through.
0: Yeah. And we we talk we don't, I don't we do talk periodically about the writing but like writing for this film was a major major issue in addition to the editing. Okay. Like just how the film was cut really I thought really really awkward in spots as well but Okay. Yeah, just you know, and we we kinda of talked is the S N L humor era dead or something in, in kind of the film world, but I agree with you and I didn't really think of the imp, like improv elements of this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that, that actually kinda of makes a lot of sense to me now.
1: Yeah, well and I I don't think that's unique to this movie. That I mean that brand of humor has been really popular, uh, at least as far as I know for the last ten years at least. I mean Jud Apatow as a director is known for doing that as well having a lot of just the, let the actors go 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 and then pick through the material to find the best jokes and i almost feel like there's an like an like there's other jokes that these actresses did that would make a better movie just because i was kind of stunned with how unfunny i found this movie right from the very beginning the first couple of gags they had i was kind of like oh yeah I mean I r- almost right away wasn't on board with the type of humor they're doing, and i don't want I don't want to be accused here of being the person who went into this movie with baggage right that oh well, you just wanted to to be like the original, and why i I enjoy the original, I probably haven't seen it in a good ten years, I don't own the movie. And quite honestly, I don't have much of a desire to see the original again. So going into this, I was sort of well. The trailers didn't look great, but it got it's been getting really decent, actually pretty good reviews. Yeah. So I was pumped, and I was super disappointed. I just wasn't finding it funny. I thought, um, well, I think a, a, a line you can draw with some other people I had talked to and heard podcasts about. You got a line you can draw with whether you liked or disliked this movie was the performance of Kate McKinnon. Who plays H- I believe she's holtzman in the movie yeah who i th- I am finding she's either love or hate because I thought she was obnoxious and extremely unfunny, she was just posing and making faces in the background, but I've heard way more people say they loved her and thought she made the movie, so that's kind of what tipped me off saying that, okay, I think maybe this just this style of humor just it's just not for me or maybe i wasn't in the right mood i don't know what it is yeah well and i again i don't know i,
0: I don't watch snl i watched snl when i was you know younger and stuff but i, I feel like she again she was very deadpan she's on snl very, too like very mimey or like she's very much kind of the like facial expressions right. and mm-hmm. kind of dumb dumb body postures but I, I don't know if that's her style i i I, I, I and I, this sounds really mean but i hope that isn't her style because she wasn't it didn't click well, here's it a, wasn't funny. Here's the I, thing, I mean, though.
1: I've heard way more people praising her in this movie than I've heard, like me and you, who didn't really care for it that much. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who's going to crusade and say everybody's wrong. I just feel that whatever they were, the the humor brand they were going for here, maybe it just isn't for us. Because I do, I don't know heard from anything else yeah I don't know Leslie Jones either but the other two Kristen Wiig, and Melissa McCarthy I've seen them in tons of stuff and I think they're funny I just think the material here comedy wise was severely lacking and yeah. I had some issues with other things in the movie as when well I feel
0: like going in you know because you have Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy they probably and again I'm not trying to oh, I am trying to mind read it shouldn't say I'm not but they, they. I'm sure that they were very concerned with people saying, "Oh, it's going to be another Melissa McCarthy movie, where she's falling over," in a Kristen Wig movie, where she's a train. You know, and they, they tried, they tried to play around with that a little bit, but I, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if they just would have let him, let it fly. You know, do it, do what you do. Because Kristen Wigg, I thought was, uh, I, forgot about her character yeah. at this point because she just didn't do enough. Melissa McCarthy was good in spots, very forgettable. The reason I think that Kate McKinnon is getting this much credit is because there's really no one else that stepped forward. Okay, you know, so I think that's the only reason someone would really because you're kind of grasping at straws at that point. I suppose so.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's it's hard for me to really say too much negative about the intent because the the what this movie was going for because I I actually kind of disagree with your the criticism of the editing i actually think for the most part on a technical level this movie is actually pretty well done yeah the I, the one thing i will definitely give the movie major props for are the aesthetics of the designs of the ghosts and the in the places they're going and everything i think that's all top notch even though a lot of the cgi it's a little bit too much especially towards the end of the movie it's yeah. a lot and it looks very very fake but it was still entertaining but i just i i felt like on a technical level the movie was there i just didn't I just I I was like stunned with how much I wasn't laughing. I was really disappointed because I was ready for just kind of a goofy, funny movie. But I think the the, the way this movie is being de- like destroyed, and it, there was so much negativity going into it. I think a lot of that is is wrong. Because did I like this movie? No. Do I think it's like the worst thing ever? No. Mm-hmm. Because. The story was fine. I think, like I said, I think it was too much like the original for me to be truly excited. But at the same time, I was still like, well, I would I need to see what happens here, right? Like, I didn't, even though I didn't think the main characters were particularly funny, I still thought they were likable. I still, I think there's tons of potential there. So when we inevitably see the sequel to this, I can easily see the sequel being a lot funnier because I think these characters, how they play off of each other, how the one knows this, the city and the streets really well uh kate mckinnon's character she's like the bio she makes all the weapons the other the other two are sort of like the science people who know all about the ghosts so i liked the team dynamics just the humor dragged this movie down yeah yeah which is unfortunate yeah since it's a comedy
0: but yeah i don't I by no means that i think this is like a ter- terrible terrible film mm-hmm. like it it keeps you entertained for the most part predictable yes but like find me an action movie that has like a major plot twist. Well, there's I'm sure they're they're out there, but like a sure. major blockbuster that you're not like okay, well this is where this is headed. Mm-hmm. So, what would you have, what would you rate this for you to go one to ten?
1: Man, I feel like I have more to say. Oh, go <laughs> run know, for I, it! I just um, I, I I just okay. Well, whatever. I'll give my rating. So again, I can only speak for myself here, right? I I didn't enjoy this movie really at all. I think the movie was made with really good intentions. I actually think remaking a classic like Ghostbusters and having all the main characters be women is a good idea because it's far too often do we hear people complaining that remakes are too much like the originals. And, you know, that does a, this movie does a great thing in really changing that dynamic. And I think a lot of people are attaching to that, which I totally respect and I totally commend. And if you love this movie, don't I can't take that away from you, and I'm certainly not angry about it. I just, for me, I didn't find it very funny it was very disappointing to me with the cast and and paul feig whose movies i usually really enjoy um the the clear love and style that went into making this movie uh, i just feel like the potential was there it just didn't hit it for me i actually kind of thought it was almost painful to sit through uh at some level so i am going to give the movie a 3.5 out of 10 because again there were some decent elements there but when a movie is this unfunny and the humor is just it's i have no desire to see this again I personally didn't like it, but I can't recommend somebody not go see it. Because if you think it looks funny or if you like these act- actors, go see it, by all means. Because my theater was rolling over it. And yeah. I, I, I it was really bizarre, so I unfortunately didn't care for it. But how about you? I'm going
0: to give it a 4.7. Okay. Um,
1: that's, pretty, that's middle of the road.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of how I see this film. I okay. think, I, I hope, because if the second one sucks, I'd be like, come on, that's, you know striking out twice at that point but Hmm. it just it it missed on a lot of spots i thought it was entertaining which is you have to take films at their worth sure you know and this was a this was a you know the typical blockbuster feel with the big sets and Mm -hmm. the recording um but yeah that's that's where it's at for me and again i I should i should reiterate i didn't dislike the editing i just didn't like how the the scenes were cut sure 'Cause there are a few of them where it's like whoosh, and then you're somewhere totally hmm. you know, like cyber warp and then
1: Yeah, just some new place. There was just it was the humor was just too obvious for me. There was no punchlines that took me off guard. It was a lot of oh, we're covered in ectoplasm, or let's fall over and this weapon is gonna backfire and I'm gonna react to it. It was just all so obvious. And I think what it boils down to is just I like you I didn't even think about it, but you just said it was just a typical blockbuster. And I guess I wasn't, maybe I was expecting too much because I had heard it was so great. I I, uh, I, I just found it to be just, I'll, I'll, in, in, in one year, the only way I'm going to remember this movie is by people talking about it a lot because there is unfortunately a lot of very negative stuff happening. I know the actress Leslie Jones, um, she actually was, uh, in the last couple of weeks, she's actually been having a really hard time apparently because people were saying some, Incredibly cruel, mean and mean things to her regarding her acting in this movie, which again totally unfounded, yeah, so i think a lot of that stuff you're hearing, a lot of the really negative stuff that's it's too bad that there's people out there like that, but at the same time, i didn't really care for the movie, but I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to uh to uh so people are they like running up to her on the streets? And no, no it was a, tw- her, a twitter twitter th- apparently okay. people yeah. were were saying a lot of very racist sexist things to her, very insulting. You know, just that's not cool. Yeah, just immature, stupid crap and like or hate this movie. Let's be adults here. If you didn't like this movie or if you didn't like it because they were women, you're just a, you're an asshole. Yeah. Or like, above being an adult, be a be a fucking like
0: moral human being.
1: Yeah. If you're like, the kind of person on. who who's making a judgment on this movie, out oh, something so base? You're just you're just a you're a terrible you're a bad person a because, bad. you know, I didn't care for the movie. I didn't think it was funny. But what? ever people yeah. clearly like it so what the, it's not hurting anybody <laughs> yeah and i'm not going to tweet i would never yeah, what i would the never hell? tweet like a director or something and be like you don't some suck. some relatively famous guy apparently was tweeting stuff at her that and he's banned permanently from twitter because of it and i i mean what the hell i couldn't believe that was like a day or two after the movie premiered i read that how she was uh, apparently she had actually been like kind of shocked, and it was you know a lot of times when celebrities, people, I, I would imagine anybody at any sort of celebrity status faces stupid crap like that all the time. Yeah, but when it's to a level where she she was clearly very upset by it, I mean that's shocking to me. I guess part of part some people would say oh, just get over it, but it's like no, come on. Yeah, Th- that's indicative of some very immature base people out there who just give it a break yeah it's just ghostbusters if you didn't like the remake just go watch the original yeah nobody's taking that away from you i don't know i feel like social media gives like a voice to those idiots and it's kind of
0: unfortunate but be respectable these are just
1: actors yeah Yeah. yeah and they worked hard and they i think the, the love was here in this movie but uh yeah you know i was disappointed i was actually really sad Then after I saw this on the rest of the night, I was kind of bummed out because I was really excited for it.
0: Yeah. Maybe I was just in the wrong mood. Maybe. I don't know, man. 3.5 3.5 is pretty low for you. Yeah,
1: it's really. I think yeah. that's the lowest rating I've given a movie this year. But it's it's written, lower than The
0: Darkness. Isn't it's written in in stone
1: now. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> that's true at all. I think if I watch the movie <laughs> again and I like it, I'll, I'll admit and... I'm not a proud person. If I see this movie again and I enjoy it, I'll admit that. <laughs> we'll go back and edit it. So when you're like, I give... A, 10 out of 10. I give Ghostbusters a
0: 10 out yeah. of 10. Like it's
1: your voice? Yeah. I give both of them. <laughs> I can't even it's my it. voice. Yeah, it's just a different voice. It's not even me. Amanda, my wife, met Siri. How weird Yeah, I is saw that. It. Did she see this so movie? So weird. Yeah. What she, did she think about it? She's kind of 50-50. Okay. Because I saw it with my wife as well, and she hated it as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. She thought it was... She's like, meh, well... She thought it was actually your typical... Um, you know, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy movie. That's what she said. She you know what? I and and
1: I think that. that's something worth mentioning, too, that those one of the issues I had with those two and their performances mm-hmm. was that they just... they We've seen these characters before. They were yeah. different names, and, you know, they had different clothes on, but it was Kristen Wiig kind of being awkward and, you know, kind of talking like this. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, kind of like this. And then Melissa McCarthy falling around and yelling a lot. It was just... It just... There was no... No surprises. Very
0: predictable. I agree. I agree. But on to our high-priority news items. Um, Some Star Trek 4 news. Uh, Paramount Pictures didn't wait uh, for Star Trek Beyond to even hit the theaters before uh, telling us a little bit about the sequel. Uh, The company announced, and this is a quote, in the next installment of the epic space adventure, Chris Pine's Captain Kirk will cross paths with a man he has never had a chance to meet but whose legacy has haunted him since the day he was born, his faja. And uh, Chris Hemsworth apparently is going to be George Kirk uh, for the currently untitled Star Trek IV project, now in development.
1: It's pretty cool. I mean, definitely there's going to be some time travel involved because I remember when Star Trek came out in 2009, the reboot movie, you know, you see Chris Hemsworth at the beginning, and you see him, spoiler, oop, I just got a text. Um, um, You you see a... you you see him at the beginning of the movie, but when I first saw Star Trek, I didn't know who Chris Hemsworth was. I don't think a lot of people did because he wasn't Thor yet. And let's be honest, that's the role that made Chris Hemsworth Chris Hemsworth. So, I think it's cool. Yeah. He's gonna come back, right? Yeah. Time.
0: I, I'm more jacked for like the time travel. How they're gonna kind of let Star Trek portray dude. that? And it's, well, they did
1: that in the first movie. Yeah. Or, but maybe there'll be another Romulan wormhole word and we'll see chris pine and chris hemsworth killing aliens big big names though
0: for that it's star trek though it's got to be got to be big names but they yeah they already revealed that to to build up the because and that's another thing we've been talking a lot about how these blockbusters are kind of you know borderline in survival mode i think this is kind of a product of that you need to get a whole bunch of buzz as much buzz as humanly possible Grab those headlines, headlines like Kanye West.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and it's we can talk about this too, and we get to the box office section. But um, I think there might be some discussion too about well, what are the it, it well, what if Star Trek Beyond, the film that just came out, what if it doesn't perform well, and they've already greenlit the next movie? What is that? You know, d- does this kind of thing get canceled? Yeah, if the movie really bombs. Ooh, and also I should mention, you remember that movie that came out earlier this year, Allegiant? Yeah. It was like the second or third movie in that franchise. Remember how bad that bombed? Yeah. They just announced that the last movie in that series is going direct to TV. Eee. <laughs> That's not That's that hurts. That hurts. Apparently they That's the, the Divergent series, isn't it? Yeah, that? the Divergent oh. series. But apparently they said they made they tried to give it a positive twist and that they were going to try to expand it more to, for potential TV series. I don't know. But it just sounded to me like (laughs) they were like, shit, we spent $160 million on this movie that made less than half that.
0: We don't want to spend a
1: lot. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? That's surprising. That hurts. I
0: feel bad for whatever her name is. And all the other cast. Oh,
1: Shailene Woodley? Yeah. Hey, isn't Miles Teller in the... No, that's...
0: Yeah. Oh, did he he die? I thought he Uh, died. Spoiler, I only saw the first one thought he died
1: maybe he didn't we're spoiling movies left and right today Han Solo is dead Han Solo's dead Darth Vader died too (laughs) ruining movies from like the 80s 90s spoiler Senator Palpatine is Darth Sidious (laughs) bringing it back to 2005
0: 2005
1: all right and Bruce Willis was a
0: ghost (laughs) all right and on to our um, other high-priority news item and at Comic-Con 2016, mm-hmm. where you have to... How do you get a ticket to Comic-Con?
1: I think you can get a ticket if you're, you know, somebody who's somebody. But otherwise, you can wait in line for like a day and get into certain halls. Because there's like more than one hall at Comic-Con.
0: But just getting... I thought just getting a ticket, like a ticket to even I don't know, man. go to it is like impossible. I don't think it's that
1: hard to just get in
0: there. We'll see. I'm going to try it next year. But um, obviously, massive um, spot for new trailers and everything. Uh, but DC uh, hit it big with Justice League and Wonder Woman. Uh, Marvel, Marvel had a great weekend with um, also Doctor Strange as well in various TV announcements. Uh, Luke Cage and the Defenders. Mm-hmm. And a film you saw the set getting built for, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Kong, Skull Island, and the big Blair Witch announcement
1: yeah so, I'm pretty jacked. so i mean are. the i mean the ones you just mentioned those are pretty much the biggest i mean there's obviously a ton more stuff that was announced at comic-con but justice league and wonder woman both got full-length trailers and you know suicide squad the the, the movie that for all intended purposes follows up batman v superman comes out in uh, just a week or so um and these are their next two movies, Wonder Woman first and then Justice League. But they actually look really great. So if you if you haven't seen them yet, definitely check those art, out. Um, Doctor Strange from Marvel on on the opposite end of the comic book spectrum. Uh, that already had a teaser out. This is a, a, a more full trailer as well. But uh, yeah, Kong Skull Island was like the biggest surprise to me. Because I was aware of the movie because like yeah, you had mentioned when uh, we were in Hawaii last year. We we toured a a ranch that's very famous for certain movie locations. I've mentioned this before, but uh, when we were there, they were building sets for this particular movie. So it was actually kind of cool to see in the trailer. You could you could see you could see you could see see, um you know I could I recognize the area, which was cool. And the movie looks epic.
0: Yeah, but I think the I agree.
1: But yeah, the whole Blair Witch thing, huh? We talked about this last week. How that. You or not? Maybe not last week, or it might have been the week before. But you mentioned how awesome that movie, The Woods, looked. Yeah, I thought
0: I was like, "Oh man, I bet you this is gonna be a little gem."
1: And you remember me? I was like, eh. because
0: that one critic, because the, the one critic, yeah, because the, 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 the one like, guy who oh, gave a quote what? in it, and
1: I was like, eh, "He's not always the most reliable fella." But um, then I saw the movies directed by a guy named Adam Wingard, who, if you're a horror fan, that name might be familiar. Uh, he did Your Next did it as he contributed to the vhs films i mean he is a pretty awesome horror director and uh, anyways the woods was revealed at comic-con to actually be a sequel to the blair witch project yeah and the movie the woods is indeed it just called blair witch and the trailer looks incredible yeah and that's the trailer looks crazy is now shot up to one of my most anticipated movies of the year it looks yeah. amazing my i love found footage i love horror it's gonna be amazing can't
0: really spoil a trailer, so I think we can talk about that. There's like, and I got I got really excited when you see like the Blair Witch like stick figure things. You know, I yeah. I I can't do the pattern, but it's that. Yeah, it's like a stick image.
1: Yeah. Well, and then there was something in the trailer where the one woman was holding one, and she was like, Oh, we can't be out here." And the other one was like, Argh. And she walked up to her and grabbed the stick figure and broke it. And then the girl who was holding it, it, you didn't really see it, but it implied that when she broke the stick person, like the person who was holding it also broke. So I don't know if that's what actually was happening. That's kind of what it looked like to me. And I was like, what? And Mysteries. Then I, did it then I went onto my front porch and I was like, oh, and I ran a mile. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> 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 Oh, crazy. So, yeah, Comic Con, just Google Comic Con, tons of trailers, nerdy stuff to look at.
0: What do you really win then by going if you see the trailer? Well, you you see the trailer,
1: like. Well, you get to see the panels, too. Uh, It's not like they just showed the trailer. You got to see the actors and directors for these movies come out and give probably a lot more detail than we got. I saw a panel
0: for Lost, and it was horrible.
1: And that was like 10 Uh, years after. And there wasn't oh. the one actress just bitter because her character got killed. Daniel off? Daniel
0: Russo, and she's like, "Let me tell you about Hollywood. All they love is beautiful young women and young oh, girls." Jesus. And I got, and then they like cut her mic, and then like Michael, the black guy from the, the Law Series, mm-hmm. the one, uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, so I, I'm I'm really big on Chicago sports," <laughs> <laughs>
1: and people were just like, "What?" It would be way funnier if if. Oh, I was just going to spoil Lost, too. We're not going to spoil any more things no. tonight. Desmond was almost there. Desmond would have been <sighs> See, good. See, that I would have gone to, because yeah. he's my favorite Lost character. Yeah. He's the best. Welcome, brother. Welcome, brother. <laughs> it's my That's Desmond expression. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, on to our By the Numbers and a little bit of a special edition this week. Oh. We're going to do two By the Numbers since we missed last week, and we know that you all love this segment so much so um last week i'll start it off Hmm. number the number five movie was mike and dave need wedding dates from fox it produced it grossed just under 7.7 7.657 million dollars bringing its total gross to 31.4 million on a 33 million dollar budget boom i think they'll make it back
1: and just for reference we should mention for the ones that This does happen to you. That movie did indeed, for this week, not appear in the top five. But as of today, it has made over its budget. Good job. Good job, Fox. So number four last week was Finding Dory, which made $11.2 million. So a total then of $445 million. Boom.
0: Uh, $200 million budget. Money. Money. They
1: made money. And that movie is also out of the top five
0: now. So brand new, almost so far. Mm. Um, number three was the Legend of Tarzan from Warner Brothers, which grossed a total of eleven point four million, um, bringing its total gross to one hundred three point three million on a one hundred
1: and eighty million dollar budget. Mm. So a flop, but not a massive flop. No. I actually think internationally, this movie's made its money back. Yeah, and also this movie is not in the top five this week.
0: Ooh. So you will see that
1: literally all of the top five this week except for one are no longer in the top now- five. So the number two last week was Ghostbusters, which it was its first week. Uh made forty six million on a hundred and 140, well, forty-four million dollar movie uh, budget, sorry. Um and we can talk more about that when we do this week's. Yeah. And but the, it's not in the top five anymore.
0: Ooh. So four brand new movies. Who will it be? Number one was the Secret Life of Pets from Universal Studios. It grossed a total of fifty point eight million dollars, bringing its total gross to two hundred and three million dollars on a seventy five million dollar budget, making money.
1: Mm. So onto, so smooth. On to this week's. Ethan started off. Oh, okay. So this week, and this is the good stuff. Actually, I was wrong about something, because this week. Number five was Ghostbusters, the movie of the week. <laughs> I threw my arms up in disgust.
0: <laughs> I'm literally just raising You're my arms ridiculous.
1: Up. All right, so it made uh, $21 million in its second week with a total gross of $86.2 million, again on a $144 million budget. And uh, the movie is not doing particularly well um, overseas as well. I want to say this movie was rejected for release in China, which is never good for a movie. I could yeah. be misspoken. I thought I read that. But uh, I don't think this matters because Sony has pretty much said we're doing a sequel no matter what. So. Long way I to think climb. I honestly do think with all the, n- the ridiculous negative press this movie got prior to its release before anybody actually saw the movie, I think that did contribute. To its lower box office returns, because I think the movie has gotten it's got like a seventy eight on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't that's bad. Uh, that's was just pretty. Gonna say, that's pretty good, good
0: for what and, is why. For, I'm sure if you had just pulled like you know random group of twenty people, a good majority of them are going to say that they that like this. It's a, if they like it, but it's poorly reviewed. If they know anything, they're going to be like, oh it's poorly reviewed. No, hmm. not the case.
1: Yeah, so you know I, I think un, unless Sony comes out and they're like okay we lost way more money than we thought. I think we'll see a sequel for this, regardless. And uh, I'm totally on board. I didn't care for this one, but uh, I think the the, the formula is there. You just got to tweak the ingredients. You yeah. like, see what I did there? Ooh, ooh. Nice. F- food reference um, number four is a brand new
0: one this week. Uh, Ice Age Collision Course, the classic Ice <laughs> Age series, <laughs> not classic. It's been around forever, but uh, from Fox Studios, 21.3 million dollars in its first week on a hundred five million dollar budget.
1: Bomb, bomb, yeah, and this will drop out right away, yeah, because it's competing. We talked about this: how the kid movies stick around, but unfortunately, there's already one out, and they clearly don't care about this one as much.
0: Nope, well, that's an old
1: like, it's like I said, that's fifth been a movie.
0: Yeah, you you can't ride that.
1: I was in seventh grade when the first one came out. I'm 26. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so the number three movie this week was the new release, Lights Out. Horror movie First weekend gross of 21.6 million dollars On a, get this, 4.9 Money Million dollar budget And I'm gonna Google real quick Is this our friend, Jason Blum?
0: Could it be another Blumhouse production?
1: Oh, me and the you The master of me and, Let me tell you, all of our listeners We are looking to team up with the Blum Houses because oh, they know yeah. what's going on. This is not a Blum House oh. production, so never mind. In other words, this movie sucks. <laughs> no, actually, this movie has gotten really good reviews, and while it, uh, which is surprising for a PG-13 horror movie, I'm very excited to see it. But you know, 21.6 million, the number three movie on its first week. Ooh, not the best. The movie had a $4.9 million budget. This movie's already made five times its budget, pretty much. And
0: really well marketed. Mm-hmm. Like, very effective. I think a lot of people are drawn to this film. Because
1: mm-hmm. they're, you know... Yeah. Pretty good. And the good word of mouth, I think, might make this hold on, because we don't really have anything massive coming out until next, next week. hmm So, and I am excited to see it. I like the cast in it. It's got Teresa Palmer, Mario Bello. It's, uh, produced by James Wan, who did The Conjuring films, and, uh insidious and i've heard it's good so you know i'm happy to see horror doing well nice Mm.
0: and number two number one in last week's ratings from universal studios the secret life of pets which grossed a total of 29.6 million dollars bringing its total gross to 260.985 million dollars on a 75 million dollar budget boom Cash money. Cats sell. Like, anything having to do with
1: animals. Yeah, cats and dogs, people love it. Yeah. So, the number one movie this last week... Of the week. ...was the new release, Star Trek Beyond, which made 50, $59.2 million on its opening weekend, uh, which is also its total gross, on a budget of $185 million. So, you know, a modest opening weekend. Um, I don't think it's it's not doing as well as the last two certainly i actually think it's down by like 20 million almost from the the into darkness film um i guess we could ponder the reasons why this one isn't doing as well but it's still doing decent and i think at the end of the day this is going to make a lot of money uh worldwide so i don't think we'll have any trouble seeing that fourth star trek movie no not
0: at all and again it international yeah it's hard to find it's really hard to find those numbers though
1: well, right, and and I'll, I think a lot of times it's worth saying that the marketing for these movies is often not included in its budget, and this was a very heavily marketed oh, movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's the first Star Trek movie of the reboots that doesn't have J.J. J. Abrams directing it because he's gone on to do, you know, Star Wars, some other stuff. Um, so I don't know if maybe it's not doing as well because people are still riding that Star Wars wave and, you know... I just don't know, mate Because I think it was a good time to release the movie. Yeah, we should we should report on
0: like what the fast food deals are that go with these movies because they're out like there. Like Subway, yeah, Subway always has something. They're Would more like, like a Marvel. warp drive large soda. It's just like a half a gallon of Mountain Dew. And Burger King, Burger King, really? Yeah, they don't usually get the the big deals. McDonald's, you want some
1: dilithium crystal fries, bro, <laughs> bro. <Bra. laughs> No, but yeah, I'm excited to see Star Trek Beyond as well, which, can we say, we're doing... It's
0: a- going to be the movie of the week next week.
1: Yeah, buddy. I've actually been in anticipation of seeing this movie, been rewatching all of the Star Trek movies, and if you're keeping count, there's this movie, Star Trek Beyond, is the 13th, so I plan on watching the reboot and the sequel to the reboot before we see this one, and also, this is one of the last movies of Mr. Anton Yelchin, who tragically passed away recently.
0: Oh, yeah, that's
1: true, RP. Yes. All right. Well, that's By the
0: Numbers, the weekly segment where we cover the top five grossing films in America and the occasional flops. A lot of flops, well, though. Occasional? It's like an everyday thing now, unfortunately. It's crazy. I just, I just hope no one's losing their jobs behind this, but they well, are. I mean, let's, be, let's be honest. But let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> There's a lot of people losing their jobs. I'd room.
1: rather see, we've said it before, we'll say it again, I'd rather see like two or three of these epic movies that are all good versus like two or three a week. Yeah. And most of them are like ghostbusters that even if you liked it, let's be real. It's we'll see and we'll see what the Newborn movie. I'm a I'm a huge calling fan. Out.
0: Not going to do well. I'm not going to see it. Hell no. Not going to see it. I'm going to scraggle on down to family video and get myself a copy of that
1: for a nap. Going to get myself <laughs> a bottle so of bad. Chardonnay <laughs> and so rent the Newborn <laughs> film on VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hashtag white man wasted. <laughs> so that should be go Jason <laughs> Go All right. Weekly neurosis. Is right, we'll be right back for our album of the week. Ghost Meliorad You'll hear music from that I'm trying to talk Swedish. Whoa. With that from that album, they're from Sweden. So I was trying to Swedish. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm Nate, I'm Ethan, and this week we have, and it does say that the artist is Ghost, the theme is Phantom, and the album of the week is Meliora from the band Ghost. Ugh. Oh yeah, good stuff. Swedish rock, metal, Question. Hard rock metal. Hard rock metal. All right. uh, the background is that Ghost is a Swedish hard rock and metal band who use many different styles in their music from do metal to psychedelic rock. They are known for their memorable live performances. The group wears nearly identical priest-like costumes that incorporates darker elements such as skulls and even pagan symbols, upside-down crosses, that type of deal. Um, it is also notable that the group's uh, physical appearances alter slightly from album to album. The true identities of the mu- musicians is a well-kept secret, and none of them are known by their real names. That's uh, a pretty big mystery. Um, the lead singer is known as Papa Emer- Emeritus, and the other five members are simply known as the Nameless Ghouls. Uh, Meliora is their third album, as the group is well-received and has sold very well. Uh, they won the 2016 Grammy for Best Metal Performance for their song, Circle. It's actually,
1: I'm going to interlude there, it's not actually Circle, it's called like Syrique or Sirase. Anyways, continue. Continue, Sarah. I felt bad that you said that because I wrote that, and you didn't get it wrong. It's I'm just a, a misprint, man. I'm just a stupid.
0: <laughs> You're a nameless ghoul. I'm a nameless ghoul. I shall be shunned. Recording and production notes are that it has been noted that this album took a long time for the band to record. No extra songs were recorded for the album, and every song the group had written made it to the final release. This album's title, Meliora, is Latin for The Pursuit of Something Better, Matches the theme of the lyrical content and the backdrop that we wanted to paint in the front of which we're playing these songs, basically, which was supposed to be, or is supposed to be, a super urban, metropolitan, pre-apocalyptic, disotropic, <laughs> futuristic So that right? was a
1: quote from the, one That's of the guys. That's a quote.
0: Sorry, yeah. I didn't do That's that. That's quote. Bad. The band's religious themes, or rather anti-religious themes, are also prevalent on this album, which has also drawn considerable controversy for the group. Ugh. Ghost,
1: Meliora, Ethan would. Ghost. Say? Okay, so yeah, I'm I, the, I, you know, I've heard Ghost's first two albums, leading into this one, and for some reason I didn't listen to it for a while, and uh, I, um, uh, you know, I'm glad I really got to dig into it because I like it a lot. I think Ghost is kind of a weird little band, right? Outside of their obvious quirks you just mentioned about how nobody knows who they really are, there's some rumors and stuff. Um, they have a super weird stage presentation, and in general, um, they're just kind of a crazy band, and they've you know drawn some controversy. So, how, how I think this album stacks up to their first two, I actually think this is their best album as a band so far. Um, what's weird about it is is when I first when when Ghost was first described to me, I when when I first listened to the album after it was described. It was nothing like I expected because this album especially is like s- stunningly crisp and well produced. It, it I mean, they, these guys clearly are sort of wizards in the studio because every element of it is crystal clear. It's big. It's epic sounding. They mix in things like choirs and organs uh, and creepy sounds to these hard rock driven songs. Pretty much every one of them melodic. There's no screaming there's really even no super technical or fast playing but what i think ghost does well is their songs are well thought out and the production is there and just overall there's kind of this eerie mystery about the group that's very interesting so listening to the album it's great because i love every song on here and i I just think they're a super intriguing and cool band and this album was no exception yeah i
0: know second that i kind of i was very surprised i'll say at first that i I looked up their album and i just downloaded it quick when i went back i saw their like band image on apple music and i was like oh that's just for a photo shoot and then i went and like google imaged them as i was listening to it and i was like this is their for real about this This is like their look Mm -hmm. which if you look at it it's majorly creepy and look up their music videos too crazy nuts but yeah really interesting it's kind of hard to like put your finger down on what this album is like i said it's it's metal in some parts hard rock in others psychedelic. it's just all over the place mm-hmm. um and this is the first time i've listened to them very i'd say the at at a minimum i'm very confused okay. after listening to this album cuz it was so no i totally get it's that it's kind of all over the place and to hear that
1: it's the best their best produced album which again first in my opinion. To them. Yeah. i don't think I, everybody necessarily thinks that but uh yeah i mean they're kind of a weird band because if somebody wa- would walk up to me and say you got to check out this metal band ghost and i wouldn't listen to this album i would be like metal because it's really pretty light music in terms of metal it's actually very accessible what makes it sort of that one notch below the mainstream is their appearance and lyrical lyrical content and overall themes which you know is not necessarily something that's going to be for mainstream appeal it's very pointed it's very controversial in a lot of their opinions but for the most part the group sticks to their guns and I just love the sound I I think I like a lot of the songs in here when they're using the keyboard and mixing it in with the guitar riffs and the kind of the the lyrics on this album and the the vocals rather the the recordings on them it's like a it really does sound, sort of sound like a religious congregation, right? It's very sort of confident in how it sounds. But it almost sounds like you're in like a fun house or something. And it's just creepy. It's interesting the songs have names like Mummy Dust. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and they're just kind of a creepy, cool band that you, you get the sense that they're serious about this music. But not so serious that they're not having like an absolute blast with this stuff. And if you ever see videos of their live performances, these dudes are like putting on the best show ever. So yeah. they're they're into it,
0: yeah. Which so it's always good to see that, and yeah, I'm just again I'm just so confused by this. I'm not gonna lie, but I, and I, again, you you really do have to Google image them. Like I'm, yeah. we'll say that like six times, but again, all over the map. But
1: yeah, well, and I think maybe that's one thing with this band too that it, it would be very easy to accuse these guys of maybe being very gimmicky with their you know, with how they're not named and they have this elaborate stage performance and, and they the nameless ghouls and Papa Emeritus, first, the second, and the third, and they change it for every album. You know, I, I think that's maybe fair. And, and I guess my biggest negative with this album is that, yeah, they really aren't doing anything mind-blowingly new. It's just that their particular sound, it's like metal and hard rock. But at the same time, it's not. It's kind of mashed. Yeah, it's just not heavy enough, and it's atmospheric, and it's creepy like something you would hear on Halloween at a party or something. Um, it, It's just kind of an oddball album, but what really makes... I mean, I listened to this thing like 15 times in the last week or two. I'm just totally drawn in just because I think the songs are so good. I mean, they're catchy. This is catchy music, I think. Yeah. Which is, I think, with metal, if you you know, there's different types of metal heads. I think some metal fans are more into the very extreme death metal, thrash metal, grindcore, you know, that kind of stuff, which is great. But this is sort of the opposite spectrum. This is sort of more of the more of a it's in in a way it's more of a classic rock sound. It's more like Black Sabbath than anybody else. That sort of doom, slower sound. Their music isn't intricate. It's not technically mind-blowing it's just confident and you can tell they they, they're liking what they're doing performing and writing these songs and that's kind of it just comes through it's it's very to me energetic and honest yeah so i'm into it i think if i want to talk about songs here opening track is called spirit and i say it every week for albums i like but it really sets the tone for this album great opening song but my favorite 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 song on this album is he is which is um more of a ballad on the album but man the this is the most memorable song on this album i just think it's epic the chorus in this thing i get it stuck in my head and i will seriously hit when i'm listening to this album straight through i will listen to the song like six times in a row just to hear it over and over and over again wow it's amazing i also like mummy dust which is i think probably the heaviest song in the album and kind of a kind of more of a fun song and then the the very last track in the album is a Uh, deuce in absentia the final track and i really think it's a a great closer because it culminates all the sounds and ideas you know the choirs the keyboards and the ups and downs the acoustic elements the kind of kind of the i don't know the, the vocals like i said in this album they're very kind of bass the guy is never he never sounds emotional he never sounds like he's belting out or he's whispering he just sounds kind of monotone and at first i'm like oh it's kind of boring but i think that sort of goes with this congregation type look and feel the band is going for so i actually think it kind of works especially on this last song it just all comes together i think it's a cool album yeah and for me it was um i like mummy dust a lot and then also circle here it's that circle though remember then. i know here i have it up on my computer it's c- siri c- siri say yeah and it looks like circle i wrote it down i, know, and I know. think it
0: auto-corrected again
1: well because it's c-i-r-i-c-e C-I-R- C-I-R- which apparently is Siri-say? old english word for church which yeah, absolutely makes that was sense. the one i
0: liked but yeah mommy does i thought i liked how heavy it was because I'll, I'll be honest from the lead-in i was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't just a tad bit heavier but again it's okay. kind of that
1: yeah yeah well, that's kind of and that's the... what
0: kind of ties it, in. and I, I have to relate them a little bit to, and this is a stretch, but like kind of a Death Grips type thing where they you don't you can't really peg them down. You're kind of like, mm. who are they? What are they doing?
1: Oh, sure, I guess there is sort of a mystique that Death Death Grips sort of has that mis- mystery surrounding the group, where people aren't 100 percent sure necessarily who the people are and what what their goals are. And I think Ghost is even more so. Even more deliberately, very oh, mysterious. very much, yeah.
0: I think it's like a, a tenfold.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it. I guess you could make the argument that these guys are the real deal, but I just think these guys are they're entertainers, right? And they're 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 kind of going all aboard.
0: Yeah, um, they're making a living.
1: And there's even been rumors that in each iteration of the the for each album again the the lead guy his name changes from Papa Emeritus the first, the second, the third. So a lot of people thought that they actually... It was a different person each time, but I believe it's been confirmed that it's the same people on every album. At least the main guy is the same guy. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, this, yeah. Interesting band. I think catchy, fun. But yeah, if you're into metal and that attracts... Just kind of hold your intentions back because I I like what you said about how you were disappointed the song Mumby Dust wasn't heavier. I think that was my disappointment with the whole band the first time I heard them because all these metal heads were recommending them to me when i listen to them I'm like this isn't really that like heavy of music yeah it's just it kind of just captures the spirit of what the genre does it's more of an old school type of a sound i think
0: word For sure. one to ten.
1: Oh, i oh i'm gonna give it an 8.5 8.5 out of 10 uh, i think it's a everything i just said awesome entertaining fun cool doesn't necessarily rewrite the books it's not the most, like, amazing, dude, technically incredible band uh, you'll right. ever hear, but it's just fun, awesome hard rock music.
0: And I'm going to give it an even 7. Nice. Because, yeah, liked it, didn't know what to really make of it, but something drew me in. There you go. So, that's the key. On um, onto our high-priority news items, though. Um, It's kind of odd to talk about court battles, but Led Zeppelin... Um, they actually won their lawsuit against the Stairway to Heaven lawsuit. Who was who suing them? I
1: don't remember who it was, but the band Spirit, which is a psychedelic rock band in the 60s. Basically what had happened was they were accusing Led Zeppelin of uh, lifting the melody of their, their song, one of their songs for the song Stairway to Heaven. So they had sued Led Zeppelin for it.
0: And they won, and now it's getting appealed. Mm-hmm. And back into appellate court... But they've been criticized many, many times before, if I understand correctly, for borrowing is the nice word, but stealing is the not so nice word.
1: Mm -hmm. Other folks, music. Anything from the lyrics, the melodies, and even some entire songs, they've been accused of lifting, or not necessarily lifting, but using elements of without giving the proper due, which, yeah, it's shitty they probably shouldn't have done it and i mean this is a battle that's really been raging between fans and people who didn't like him and this and that for a long time and this is kind of the first time it's gone to court and yeah they were found, they were found you know you guys didn't plagiarize you're all good but like you said it's been appealed so that means that there's some piece of evidence there that suggests there's enough evidence to bring it back into court and maybe overturn that so and obviously star to heaven is one of their more, more famous songs i think if you're a human being you've probably heard the song, Starry Most to Heaven. Um, so I mean, it's a big deal. And, uh, for a, a band that's been so criticized, I think some of the more cynical people who would like to see other people, or maybe see Zeppelin sort of finally admit that they stole some ideas, years are, are taking, are gl- taking glee in this. But in, if you ask me, like, whatever, Zeppelin, yeah. even if they lose this, they're still a friggin' amazing classic band. Yeah. That's just how these things go. But, uh, You know, I just hope this isn't sort of the thing they're remembered for. I thought like the the sort of the twilight years of some of these guys who are getting older, the last thing they're going to be dealing with is people pointing fingers at them. And suing them. Well, and uh, granted, should they they have probably given the proper credit in their liner notes? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I guess that's inexcusable as well. Kind of the
0: cost of being in the game, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, Back I then
0: it was I think I that was just yeah. a, something folks did. I mean, it happens in comedy. Stand-up so comedians That's constantly Somewhat different though. And it's but it's so different. There's yeah, not with the music. commercial
1: element of a joke. Yeah, it's true. Not like a song like Stairway to Heaven which probably gets played on American radio probably 100,000 times I a day. don't even want to know
0: what the royalties
1: are. It's probably unbelievable. Point. Yeah. And that's probably a pretty big why reason why this sued? is happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: so when you're at the top, you hope you got there by moral means otherwise.
1: Condolences. The C- bums will always lose. Yeah. To quote the big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. The big
0: L. <laughs> uh, another great film. I hope that film never gets sued. That would
1: break my heart. But mm. on to our obsessions. Ethan, what are you obsessed with? Oh, I'm the boringest. If you couldn't have told, or the most boring. That was bad grammar. My bad. So if you could, sorry, dude. (laughs) If you couldn't tell by me slipping in Star Wars references like eight times tonight, I'm obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah. (sighs) Been reading more books, comics, podcasts every day. Every day. Rewatching the movies pretty frequently. I'm just, I'm just, I've cannonballed into Star Wars, dude, and there's no helping me. Please help me. Please help me. (laughs) you we'll Like a
0: Star Wars rehab. Like I'm. I don't, I don't want know. that. I hope that doesn't exist. Or I'm going to watch Quentin Tarantino films all day. Well, I'm okay Quentin with that different.
1: too. But I'll still like Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What are you obsessed with? Well, for once, not
0: soccer, so that's a. Well, you still brought it up. Yeah, it. I did. But um, actually, a book. I don't think I've ever been obsessed with a book. Mm. I'm reading The Gunslinger right now, part of the Dark Tower series. Knee uh. deep in that beast. Oh, knee so deep, good. and I read it at a, a mo- monstrously slow pace. I'm only like halfway through, but oh, it's so good, crazy craziness. And the other, the other one is actually House of Cards. I'm like way Ooh. late to the party, really, but I'm just uh, just finished season one. What? And I haven't, well, I haven't watched it. Totally negated any type of. Don't
1: you hate when people are like, "You haven't seen House oh, of you Cards? You haven't
0: seen? Yeah." And that's that's what people have been saying. I'm like, yeah, I'm just getting through it, you know. Season one, I've seen
1: all of it. He's bro. a just a crazy person. Oh, you've not seen anything, so. yeah. And that's the thing. I just get the feeling he's just. So let me ballpark you my feelings of the show. Season one, like super great. Season two, even better. Season three is by far my least favorite. So lower your expectations. Still worth watching. Season four, back up to par of the best of the sh- of the series, perhaps. Interesting. Great show great character francis underwood and claire underwood both car- great characters um i think it gives a very cynical and honest view of american politics which i think has actually influenced a lot of my the way i look at how people argue about such things yeah <laughs> um but yeah dude house cards is great it is I, i've fallen in love with it yeah, no it's seriously great and i think it's cool too in season one how uh is at least heavily in season one, David Fincher actually had a lot to do with it. He directed the first episode, and he's directed, you know, Seven, Benjamin Button, uh, Zodiac, The Game, a ton of movies, f- very famous director. Yeah. And that was kind of his first, It got his toes dipped into the TV world. And that was kind of the flagship show for Netflix, right? That was like their first big-time original show, followed by Orange is the New Black. Well, what came out first? House of Cards. House of
0: Cards. Yeah, I but think. But Orange is the New so, Black wasn't far behind. I think that put them on the map in terms of like
1: monstrously right.
0: consumed.
1: And Emmy award winning. I mean, and I, and a lot of people think that for season four, uh, that uh, Robin Wright, who plays Claire Underwood, she she'll win best uh, actress in a drama series for House of Cards. She's Jenny in Forrest Gump. She is. She? She? She's yeah. Jenny in Forrest Gump, and she's Prince Sputtercup in The Prince's Bride. Boom i remember when i first realized that because i i've loved the princess bride and i was looking through uh i think it was an entertainment weekly and they had like a one page thing and it was the cast of the princess bride then and now and on the left page it was you know they're just pictures of the characters from the, sh- the the movie and then it was on the right like what they look like now if they're still you know alive and it was claire underwood from house of cards and i was like no way wow she's evil now yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, great show though totally yeah, obsessed I'm glad you're
1: watching it those are my two things and Dark Tower are you kidding me it's right up my alley that's like my, one of my
0: favorite book series ever and I'm like I have the attention span of a 10 year old so I can only like read 20
1: pages-ish at a time so yeah. but even still oh so good I finished a Star Wars novel the other day Aftermath I read 180 pages in like an hour and a half finished that Asobi. I could never I are you kidding me I put I my it. headphones on I listen to some Techno music and I was just Yeah oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna edit that out Don't you
0: dare You should
1: edit it Into like an actual techno version of that. I wanna get like a little button that I can Push so I can be like boop and then it's like Well dude we need to hook up my eye Cause okay when when we sit here and Record I have my laptop out I still wanna hook my laptop up to the Mixer so I can get, like, a soundboard up of craziness, and we can just... I'm on control of it,
0: though, so when you're,
1: like, major nerding out, I can be like, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> I hate you
0: so bad. <laughs> All right, but that's our obsessions. That that pretty much concludes the episode. Ugh. I have nothing more to add. But next week, Star Trek. Star Trek. We'll get a space theme going on. Mm. I think there's a space beer. Space Ghost. By Didn't we do an episode called
1: Space already?
0: I don't know if we did.
1: Shit. Honestly, but <laughs> we'll no. figure it out. Yeah, there's a Space Ghost. It's an it's a Imperial stout brewed with chili peppers. I we, don't know where you'd get that though. We did. We had it on the episode once. It's a Central Waters beer.
0: Yeah. Hello. I think my wife's cooking. <laughs> That's what that is. But anyhow, next week, Star Trek, album TBD, beer TBD, typical formation of a, of an episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. And once again, you can interact with us on all the social media channels. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. Twitter. I just said that. No, we're going back and forth. Okay, let me start over. Facebook. F- Facebook. <laughs> it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Maybe Snapchat. Nope. Well, I'm I'm on Snapchat. I kind of like how it operates. We're on MySpace now. (laughs) (laughs) We're on 4chan. (laughs) We're on. I don't even know what that is. What? Really? But, um. All right, everyone. This has been the ghost episode. Phantom episode. Phantom ghost episode. And Ethan's showing me Wallpaper on my Ridiculous computer, wallpaper Which is a picture of
1: A bunch of stormtroopers And Imperial guards With Darth Vader standing And they're all shooting
0: <laughs> I feel and like
1: that's That's some guy's back tattoo
0: That they managed to like <laughs> Produce into color It's pretty cool That would be a terrible tattoo That'd be a good back tattoo Ugh It would be a good back tattoo <laughs> <laughs> Alright Weekly Neurosis this has been the phantom episode i am nate Let me th- and everyone please take care of yourselves nee, 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 nee. <laughs> star wars